right, welcome back to the Dan on Top show. DanOnTop.com. I'm your host, Dan Lukowitz. This is going to be another great episode. We've got my friend, my colleague. Uh, he's, I'm his client. I don't know what we call you. Uh, my advisor. <laughs> my, my, one of my legal counsels. A great guy, Hugh Woodrow, partner at the Cornyn Law Firm. Hugh, how you doing? Doing great, Dan. Thanks for having me back again. It is my pleasure. This is going to be sweet. We've got a lot of great information for our viewers. Stay tuned. There's, there's literally no charge for this. Like You could be billing them at hundreds of dollars an hour. You know what I mean? but <laughs> there's no charge for this. It's all free. We want to add value. Everything else follows from there. So Hugh Woodrow, before we get into all this great content that we're going to jam-pack in this episode, tell us very briefly and pointedly, who the heck is Hugh Woodrow? You know, you've asked me that a couple times now, and I come up with different answer every time. That's don't why I? I keep asking. Well, You're a good I lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'm a problem solver. Yep. That's who I am. You know, I mean, right. nine times out of ten, people come to me with either a problem or a potential problem, and my job is to find a solution to that problem. Love it. So what problems are you solving today in this incredible opportunity of real estate investing that we have in 2021? And the biggest problem I think I'm seeing out there right now, well, besides the shortage of real estate and how everything is going up and you can't keep anything on the market more than five seconds, really comes down to, uh, in my opinion, getting the terms between the buyer and sell seller solidified because because of how hot the market is right now and how cheap money is to borrow. Mm -hmm. It really, the, the deal comes down to not who's gonna pay the highest price for the property, but what the terms of that transaction are gonna be. Yeah, terms are very important. I think you've said this before that it's not just the price, right? It's, it's, right. it's, it's the highest and best terms available. And oftentimes, that's why I say I'm a deal maker, right? Just like you are. And that's why I like working with you. We're both creative deal makers. We like to make other people lots of money and have fun doing so. And we try to make money ourselves at the same time. What I love doing is solving problems and creating solutions like you do for these investors and for these different parties in the deal. And, and I think that right now, Hugh, we're going to look back on this, on this era and say, there's nothing to say. Like my jaw's on the floor every single minute of every day because of the opportunity. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about that. But before I do, I want to know your perspective right now, today, where is the biggest and best opportunity in commercial real estate? You know, I, I have to say it's got to be in the retail industry or restaurant industry because that got hit so hard with COVID right now. There's a lot of retail and, and restaurant space available right now. Mm -hmm. And think the economy is bouncing back stronger than I think it, it ever has before. And if you had the money right now to invest in, in retail or, or uh, restaurant type businesses, I think you'll be ahead of the game. No doubt about it. I mean, I've sold probably a dozen quick service restaurants this uh, in the last two quarters alone. Uh, do a lot of other types of retail, shopping centers, um, industrial, medical office, medtail, yeah, medical retail. Sure. Uh, you know, if, if there's anything I can do, people, please reach out. Dan at danontop.com. Happy to evaluate your property or, or add value to you any way that I can. So let's 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 zoom in on those things. So quick service restaurant, right? We know that. Uh, we've got the greatest sites in the country, and you mentioned that it's bouncing back. I would argue that that quick serve restaurant was never down. It was never down. It wasn't down for the count. It wasn't down for five minutes. The cap rates have continuously compressed over the last two years during the pandemic, and obviously pretty much for every year in the last 10 years. It's unbelievable. And right now, things are trading at insanely low cap rates. Debt just keeps getting cheaper and cheaper, right? right. The, all the fear in the market, we've talked about this. That's driving prices and driving inefficiencies. But the opportunity right now is incredible, and the opportunity to repurpose retail is huge so let's zone in on repurposing of quick service restaurant and of other forms of retail you know i've got a great partner his name's zach racinger he's a, a co-creator of the cre pro course he does a lot of repurposing of quick serve restaurant sorry two quick service restaurant from banks 
So vacant banks, incredibly well-located real estate that are having issues or are maybe obsolete because you know we talked about the banking industry. I can do almost everything from my phone. Well, I wish I could do more from my phone, but don't like certain banking institutions. Anyway, without getting on a tangent, what he does is he actually repurposes these. Sometimes they keep the vault in, sometimes they don't. Maybe they'll make that part of the drive-through, I'm not sure. They turn it into quick-serve restaurants. So creative. What other creative repurposing and adaptation of retail have you seen recently? I've seen a lot of uh, retail space actually in what something that's emerging I think is kind of interesting is the uh, remote office. Uh, I've seen like retail yes. you know, on the first floor of a busy street but and they'll have cubicles or desks in there that you can rent by the hour. So if you need to meet with people or you need an office because as everyone knows, half the people over the past year and a half, if not more, have been working remotely. Well, sometimes you still need the office. Sometimes right. you need to get away from the kids and the dog and the wife and the husband or whatever and get out of the house because you can't work anymore. You can go to one of these remote offices and That's work. Right. And I think it's a great, great opportunity. And I've seen, I've seen some like cloth retail clothing store areas that have been turned into these because you got a nice view. It's open up. You can see it. You go in there, rent an office space for a couple hours. It's relatively cheap to do it. You got Wi-Fi. They got meeting rooms. Yep. So I've seen quite a bit of that done, and I, I think that's a smart move with that. Absolutely. I mean, I, I just this morning I was at a place. Well, it'll remain nameless, although the name is quite funny. But I was at a place that we're going to be doing a retail conversion to office, residential, and retail mixed use, which is absolutely incredible. I've got a listing dropping in the next 48 hours. That's an incredible. I don't even know how many figures it is. It's going to be like 47 million. I can't count zeros right now. But it's 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 that big of a listing, and there's some developable build buildable shorefront sugar sand beach shorefront in Traverse City. And what are we going to do? We're going to potentially build villas there. And we're going to build these incredible garages sponsored by Tesla. Heated, cooled. You can store your boats there, your gold bars, your silver, your Bitcoin codes, your, your, your exotic vehicles, whatever you want. And above them, what are we going to have? We're going to have offices and lofts because people want to work in different locations, right? If I'm working remotely, all due respect to the city of, of, of Oak Park or Birmingham or Southfield, wherever I'm going to be working, right? Or Farmington Hills, I'd rather be working on the beach. In fact, that's what I do. So I think that that you're you're spot on. The repurposing of retail for for maybe office or, or workspace or, or just 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 getting on that wave of this new you know work from anywhere revolution is, is very important. And I, I appreciate that you brought that up. Well, no problem. I mean, and, and along those fronts, I mean, you say the retail's moving the office, but I also see a lot of the office, office moving, moving to retail into retail and or residential, like you were saying. I mean, totally. It's 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 interesting now how I see some people have their office on the first or second floor mm -hmm. of the building and they live on the third or fourth floor yeah and i think that gone are the days or at least changed are the days when you have these mega office parks that really can't be repurposed easily to anything right because think about an, a retail experience you know everyone can imagine going into their favorite store or having their favorite retail experience whether it's at a mall or an apple store uh buying a tesla maybe it's it's buying some cannabis whatever your favorite retail experience is you know in some places you can do it with heroin now but um <laughs> that's another schmooze but my point is it's, it's an interesting experience from the from the the, the, the viewpoint of the consumer. Now, to, to look at the typical office experience. What is it? You pull up to a beautiful building made out of glass, kind of kind of ugly, kind of not ugly. You drive around the back with a huge parking lot. All the important people get their reserved spaces. You park way in the back. You walk in. Then you get this huge lobby with maybe a, a guy or a girl sitting there, maybe not, maybe a waterfall. You walk around. You find this stupid little placard that tells you which way to go. It's like a hotel all up and down, left and right. And then you walk down a corridor, another corridor, then you get in. Finally, you're at the place, you open the door, and then inside is like another little, you know, gallery. And then, then there's another office in here and there. How do you repurpose that to retail? It's totally different. And I think that the way office is being designed is changing and it's changing for good reason. 
Yeah, I definitely think that as well. And like, like you said, you know, when you're repurposing these buildings, whether they be larger office buildings or not, it's. It, I don't think that they're making as much sense to have a single purpose building. Right. You you have to have multiple use in that same building, whether it's a office space, restaurant, retail, whatever it is. Even like I said, even residential in yep. the same building yep. is is the way it. to go. You're absolutely right. I mean, I, I remember it's so funny that you said that. You know, I kind of made a little note here, single purpose with like a little X on it. Because I, I think that's so true. When you have single purpose anything, when thi- when times change, your purpose might change and you might have to totally change your purpose. Whereas multi-purpose or mixed use, you can adapt and shift and have many tenants. I remember when I first started as a commercial real estate broker, I'll never forget this. I somehow got in touch with a huge developer that worked for, oh God, they, they were developing a lot of IHOPs and Applebee's. I knew I wasn't going to get their business, but I had the guy on the phone. I've been chasing him for months. So I said to him, I said, if you were me, a brand new broker, I was in my early thirties, I believe in commercial real estate, that is, what would you invest in? That was a good question. And he said to me, I would invest in, and this was years ago. This was way before the pandemic. He said, I would invest in lifestyle centers. I said, what do you mean? He said, you know, something where you go there and any time of the day or night, it's open. People can transact there. So maybe there's, you know, a dry cleaner, maybe there's a nail salon, maybe there's a bar, maybe there's a restaurant, maybe there's, you know, CrossFit, yoga, maybe there's a a grocery store. It's a place that brings people. It it has community. I love community. It creates community, right? And it, it has retail and dollars and different types of traffic all day and night. And then there's all those ancillary dollars where people are walking into this store and then they go to that store. And it's so different than the single use building, the single purpose building. And I think that he couldn't have been more spot on. I, I took it as advice and, and, and I really have focused on that. And, and I think that today more than ever, multi-purpose is the only purpose. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I mean, you can't get away from it at this point in time and you'd be silly to try and do it otherwise, in my opinion, unless you have a company or entity that needs specific amount of space for your office you wouldn't want a building that has nothing but that office and even in that case i mean if you want to keep your employees happy i mean with the way the people are now the younger generation and i say that because i'm a little bit on the older side here but uh no, i mean and even me though i i don't care i don't i my office we don't have a, a restaurant we don't have a cafeteria we don't have a place to go get coffee so if i want to go get that you got to spend your dollars elsewhere. I got to spend my dollars elsewhere. Yeah. Not only that, but I got to get in my car and drive. Exactly. Or at least walk for a while. And if it's not good weather, and you know Michigan weather's not always conducive to walking, so it's kind of a pain in the butt. So if you have right. that, if you have that mixed-use building that you have your workers and employees in, they're going to be happier and 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 better off and and like working for you better if those conveniences are, the, are close by to you. You're absolutely right. If the conveniences are not close by or in the building, you're going to rely on the aggregators, right? Because you're busy. You're charging a lot of dollars per hour for your services. So you'll pay Uber Eats, DoorDash, any of those other aggregators, right? You can tell by the look on my face how I feel about them. You'll pay them. Why not be a landlord or an investor who aggregates for yourself? Put the restaurant in the building. Put the, the shopping center in the building. Keep Hugh Woodrow and his company in your building spending money that goes to your tenants so your tenants never leave. Make that property sticky. No, I agree 100%. I mean, like I said, the multi-use area has got to be where it's at, especially if, you know, I don't care if it's a small office building or not. I mean, it doesn't, you can you can still cordon that off. I mean, yes. if you, on the first floor you had retail before, we'll throw in a restaurant. Exactly. You know, if, if, if Heck, on the throw in a dialysis clinic if you want. Whatever. But, yeah. you know, keep it keep it something that, 
everyone can use. And, and exactly. it bring, not only that, but it brings, like you were saying before, it brings traffic to your to your building. Absolutely. For all those Absolutely. different things. So. so tell me real quick, why is it so important for investors and even other brokers to work with Dan Lukowitz, a great broker? I mean, if I may say so myself. And I agree, Dan, you are. There's no doubt about it. I mean, I, I've seen the diversity of projects you've worked on and your experience in that area is, is phenomenal. And you are definitely a, a deal getter and a deal finisher. That's and that's right. even more important. Even is, more important. Is, is the finishing of the deal. And and you're more than willing to work with people rather than against them yeah. to get the deal done. And I can't tell you the number of brokers that get so tunnel focused on yep. what they need yep. or what they think they need to do to get something for themselves they even lose sight of what their client needs. Absolutely. And, uh, and that's and not you know, right. That's not what we that. want to do as an advisor, right? We no. want to advise, add value, right? And then focus on everything else afterwards. And that's that's kind of my motto. That's why we put it on our mugs, right? Add value, everything else follows. Because if I'm fo when I'm focused on adding value, I don't care about the commission. I don't care about whether the deal closes or not. I care about the value and the relationship. And I can tell you, I, I can give you 100 examples of times where a deal didn't work out because I made a decision to do what's best for the client and to add value and preserve the relationship. And guess what? The relationships only got stronger. We only did more business. Yeah, and that's that's a key factor, I think, right there, Dan, is, you know, most some salespersons, brokers, whatever you want to call it, they lose sight of the fact that their job is to get the best deal for their client, yeah. not the best deal for themselves. Absolutely. And like you said before, and like we've said before, the best deal might not be the one with the highest price. Right. So, and commissions are based off of the price, right? So if you got a broker or a salesperson that's pushing you through for that higher price deal, mm -hmm. you might want to take a step back and look at the motivation behind that. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. Well, we're running out of time, Hugh. I, I want to ask you a question that I ask pretty much all of my highly successful, motivated, super achieving guests on, on all my shows. And that is, if you could stop for a second, look at all your experience. I mean, inside counsel, general counsel at, at, at the huge automotive companies, you know, deal maker, you've got a brother who's a broker, you're a former broker, I believe, uh, a recovering broker, maybe if we will, <laughs> right? And, and you've got a lot of experience. You've, you've dealt with very difficult clients such as Dan Lukowitz, which I, I mean, that's probably, I, you owe me for those gray hairs, right? <laughs> so my question is, looking back on all that experience and all those opportunities that you've created for other people, all that value you've had, what are three pieces of advice you would give all the viewers today? Number one, I think you want to pick the professionals you're dealing with that are ones that will get the deal done amicably rather than through con through contrast. I mean, you don't want a broker that's going to be, you know, I, I, I paraphrase them, same with attorneys, the bulldog all the time. Sometimes it's right to be the bulldog, and you got to push, and you got to put your foot down. I understand that. Yeah. But you want the person that's going to broker the deal. That's you're right. A broker. Broker the deal. There you go. You know, that, that's the most important thing, I think, is you got to find that person that's going to broker the deal, not just be the pushy bulldog that's just going to cram a deal down somebody else's throat because you're buying a lawsuit at that point in time. Yeah. And you don't want to do that. So, again, same thing with your attorney when it gets to that point. You want to make sure you're hiring the attorney that's going to try to solve the problem amicably because yep. that's going to save you time and money and headaches on all sides. If you got an attorney that's going to do nothing but try and cram a deal down somebody else's throat, not going to work. Not going to work. Okay, excellent. Any other pieces of wisdom you want to share with our viewers? If you're looking for a great real estate deal, call Dan. Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah, <laughs> give me a call. Actually, you know what? Heck, why not? My phone number is 248-943-2838. Again, 248-943-2838. You can reach me at dan 
at danontop.com. That's dan at danontop.com. You can take a look at this podcast, this streamcast. Take a look at, at all this valuable content we put out and, and give us a call. Get in touch with us. Let us know how we can add value to you. So listen, Hugh, we're about out of time. I know they're going to kick on that incredible theme music. It's really an honor and pleasure to have you here. Like, you know, now you're on my turf. I'm used to being on your turf or the chords turf or all that stuff. Um, I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean that in, in a way that, that it's just, it goes to show that this is a relationship. This is not, I'm not a client of his, he's not a client of mine. Yeah, we, we do do deals together, but we're friends, right? Uh, my wife just bought a new house and and, uh, and, and Hugh came over and, and, and with, with, uh, with someone else that uh, works for me, a great individual named Cindy. And um, they brought a bottle of wine. They wanted to see the house, they wanted to be there. You know, we're having a block party and, and hopefully they'll be there as well. That's who I love to do business with. My, my friends, my family, the people that I like, know, and trust. And I am so fortunate for all these viewers who have become clients and who have become actually, you know, contractors. We work together. So again, I want to thank you on behalf of everybody here at Dan on Top Productions, on behalf of myself, Dan Lukowitz, and all of our staff. Thank you so much for all the support you provided. This has been another great episode of the Dan on Top Show. I'm your host, Dan Lukowitz. That's Hugh Woodrow, partner at the Cronin Law Firm. And this has been another great episode. We look forward to seeing you soon.